Our gospel reading today is Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. May we hear and understand what the scriptures are teaching us today. Well, today we're in the same section of Luke that we've been in for a few weeks. As we ask the question, what does it mean to be blessed? So today we move beyond those pairs of blessed are you if this and woe are you if that of last week. This week we have a different style of teaching coming from Jesus. Last week he was speaking, you, you might recall, he was talking to the disciples, the inner circle, though the crowd did still hear his sermon. This week Luke says that this sermon is addressed not to some select inner circle, but to all who would listen. By the way, that kind of means, watch out, some of this is going to be hard to hear. He is still talking blessing, though. And in this instance, he is actually really remarkably direct for him. He says outright what he means. So much of the time, we see Jesus asking questions or telling parables. But in today's text, he just very outright says, do this. And he says several things. But it is still in the context of blessing. Interestingly, we tend to think of blessing as something we receive. But here, Jesus links it with a way of living, with a way of being. And finally, it's another way to understand this teaching today that he's elaborating on about what we learned last week, blessings and woes. Last week we heard this. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. As he continues in today's text, Jesus turns to our side of that question. How are we supposed to respond and what are we supposed to do when that particular blessing comes our way, that one where people are hating us and ostracizing us and insulting us? What does it mean to engage and experience God's blessing in that 
particular instance. Jesus tells us very directly, in return we are to love, do good, and give freely. In fact, he'll circle through each of those responses three times, but it's clear that the blessing comes through responding as Jesus would respond, showing the grace that God has shown. If you want specific instruction on how to be blessed, Jesus gives it here, giving much the same message that Jeremiah gave the Jewish exiles about a thousand years before this. Seek the blessing of your enemies and you will come to experience God's blessing yourself. So the first pass through these is what I call the instructions. Love, do good, give freely. Not only is Jesus being pretty simple and directive here, he begins with, but I say to you who hear. That's the kind of thing teachers or parents might say to children, turn your listening ears on. And remember the context. Jesus has just said that blessed are those who are hated, ostracized, insulted, and scorned for the sake of the Son of Man, Jesus. In fact, we also learn in Colossians, whatever you do, do it heartily as for the Lord. So now, Jesus is going to give some examples of what that looks like, especially in the context of the kind of trouble those who serve him might face. Each of the instructions is a little bit more challenging. They kind of build. Some of them are even kind of shocking. Okay, so, one thing we have here is love your enemies. These may be the very ones who hated, hurt, and came against you. It's the last thing we want to do. I get that. I think Jesus understood it too, and he completely got it, completely understood. He's already said that following him is going to make enemies of some people. So what sense does it make then to stop following Christ when they stir up trouble? Because you know what? If you stop following Christ when they stir up trouble, that just serves their cause. They've won. If I trouble you for serving Jesus, and your response is to stop serving Jesus and declare me your enemy, then I've already succeeded. It's also important to define and qualify the meaning of love here. It doesn't necessarily mean go running up and give the enemy a big hug. It's emulating what Jesus might do. For Jesus, love was sometimes forgiving, sometimes confrontational, always concerned for the truth and the well-being of the other. Love can be pretty tough when necessary, and sometimes that's the right way to express love. But the point is the well-being, even the blessing of others, even those we find unlovable or worse. Then we see, do good to those who hate you. Similarly, Jesus tells us to do good to those who hate us. He offers several actions that are sort of keyed in large part to the trouble we were told to expect. So he tells us, do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. All are in some ways similar to the challenge presented to us in Love Your Enemies. But Jesus fleshes out for us here some of the range of what that might look like. It can involve doing good or praying for the other. Blessing gets at the heart of it. We are to seek God's best for the other first. 
This is going to be the common theme of this whole text throughout the day. Give freely to the thief. Finally, Jesus speaks of lending even to those who have taken from us, even giving freely when someone has not been as generous. This might be where the rubber hits the road for us. So-and-so was not generous to me. In fact, he took advantage of me, stole from me. But Jesus says, be generous. Give them another chance. Don't give them just as good or bad as they gave you. Do better than that. Be generous and open-handed. I can't help but think of the old stories of the Hatfields and the McCoys, the feuds, the old gangs of New York, or even out here in California, the Bloods and the Crips. There's just this perpetual cycle of revenge and payback, and it never ends. But as he did when Jesus entered the world, he offers a way to break that pattern. Love, do good, give freely. Then he repeats those three commands again in a different kind of format. This one sounds more like Jesus. There's a question with each one, and it kind of something to make you think. He turns our expectations on their heads, and I call this part the surprise. Each statement follows a similar pattern. If you only do these things for people who will do them for you, uh, what, what's the credit to that? Even sinners do that much, if you bless only those who bless you. If you love those who love you, if you do good to those who do good to you, if you lend or give to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that? Even sinners do such things. Break the pattern of the world, Jesus says. Don't measure your actions, thoughts, and feelings by those of other human beings. He hasn't gotten there yet, but we sense it. Measure your actions, your thoughts, and your feelings by those you have received from God through Jesus. As you love God, you will find yourself loving others. This is a practical outworking of that great commandment. It is an outworking of God's covenant promise. It says, I will bless you that you might be a blessing in the world to others. It's a surprise because we're not used to thinking that way. We're used to me first or what's in it for me or I've got to protect myself or that's not fair. But those were all the things Jesus set aside to come live and teach and make a home among us. And he says that blessing is not a one-way gift from God. It is a lived reflection of God's intent toward us. Love, do good, give freely. Here's an example. He finally restates these one last time, more concisely, he says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, give freely. Expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. We looked last week at reward, and it's not some kind of extra bonus in heaven, but it's living and being God's blessing in God's realm right here and now. He says it here. He says, you will be children, that is, inheritors, heirs of the Most High, not because God rewards good behavior, but because God's grace, love, and salvation is the very blessing being described here. Remember the lesson of Jeremiah. He told God's people, who were so desperate for God's blessing, seek the shalom blessing of the city, and in their peace you will know peace. 
As we participate in God's family and following Christ, we realize the blessing that we already have in him. From there, Jesus moves to the thing that we were anticipating. He provides the example for our love, doing good and giving freely. It is God himself. He says, for God himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. He says, be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Then he makes another move to say that for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So whether kindness, mercy, judging, condemning, pardoning, or giving, our pattern is set by God, and our measure is set by God. Again, all this began with Jesus saying, blessed are you if you run into trouble on my account, and woe to you if you merely live for the approval of others. All this is set in that context. And then we have pressed down, shaken together, running over. Rather than dodging trouble by denying Christ with our words or actions, Jesus is teaching us how to lean into our faith and honor him in the midst of that trouble. Said again in Jeremiah's words, go the extra mile to bless those who are against you, and you will experience the blessing that you yourself seek as you see them encounter God. The final image of a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over is a picture of God's generosity. It's not trying to skimp you on what I give you, but giving you a good portion, whether of wheat or of forgiveness. I'm going to make sure as much grain gets into that measure as possible, shaking it, packing it down. And even then, I'm not going to stop, but I'm going to let it flow over the top. That's how God is loved, done good, and given freely to us. And it's the example Jesus gives us for how we are to live in relation to others, even those towards whom it is hardest to do so. May we know that blessing, and may we be that kind of blessing. Amen.